0: Welcome to the Rumblecast. I'm Stephanie Smith.
1: I'm Jimmy King.
0: So today we're talking about traveling with a vintage vehicle. We recently came back from a trip to Asheville, North Carolina. Did you enjoy Asheville, Jimmy? Uh,
1: absolutely did, minus <laughs> working.
0: <laughs> no kidding. So you were there for work and I joined mm. you, and we decided that it would be fun to have you haul the Bronco down so we could drive it around. Um, what are you thinking about when you are considering bringing the Bronco on a trip?
1: (laughs) Uh, two things, mostly weather and parking. Yeah. So does the parking lot have enough room for a trailer and, uh, offloading and, uh, room to detach the trailer, lock it and keep it out of the way. So it doesn't interfere with other guests. And obviously the weather, because the Bronco uh, I currently possess does not have a top on it, so yeah. I do not want uh, to haul it when it's raining. I don't. I don't mind if I get there and I have to put a cover on it, but hauling it uh, with rain does not work.
0: Yeah. So That's a
1: hard pass.
0: It's a hard pass. We do not have an enclosed trailer, so if people have one of those, that makes this a lot easier. But we're constantly checking the forecast for the route that you're going to take to get somewhere. Um, In terms of once we're there, you bought a cover and we were really skeptical because the other place we took it on vacation was to Super Celebration in Tennessee. Um, And we got some pretty bad rain when we were there. Um, What kind of cover did you get and how were you feeling that night where we were supposed to get so much rain? Uh,
1: Well, I didn't sleep any, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, I was feeling, uh, as nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, uh, long story short, it worked flawlessly as it was intended, but it was a actual, when you say a little bit of rain now, it was a, it was a thunderstorm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it worked flawlessly. Uh, I remember the first time I was going to haul it, I was like, oh, I'll just haul it with the cover on it. And my good friend, Dino, he's like, absolutely not. It will uh, whip in the wind and it will scratch your paint. It will destroy it. So yeah, that was, that could have been catastrophic. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I, I can't remember the website. I got it, uh, but the cover was not expensive. It was about 85 bucks. Yeah. And the first time I tried it out was during that thunderstorm. And I was like, uh, being only at $85 is like this probably isn't going to work and I'm going to be out thousands of dollars replacing interior products. So, uh, needless to say the next morning, that's the first thing I did. I went out and checked, uh, the integrity of the cover seemed to be fine. And then I, uh, pulled the cover back and there was not a drop of water inside the vehicle. So I was, I was very happy with that.
0: You missed the part where I said a couple of prayers and had a bunch of beach towels <laughs> dried off. <up.
1: laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did fail to mention that. <laughs> sure.
0: I was really nervous, but no, that worked great. So we'll find a way to link that cover. We'll find it and share it with people because it was inexpensive and it worked so great. So, yeah. Um, when we're somewhere, I haven't really thought about this a lot, but I bet you're thinking about it. When we're staying at a cabin or a hotel or wherever, and we have it with us, the Bronco are you thinking about people like messing with it um, at night while we're sleeping? No, no, life? not really. I
1: mean, you know, that's, that's crossed my mind, but normally we're not in an area that you have to worry about something like that. And most people can't drive a five speed. So they're that, that uh, takes care of a, half the population probably.
0: I know. I and, think we'd be, more apt to find someone sitting in it, taking pictures yes. than trying to steal yeah, it. Which
1: which uh, I have no problem with. Uh, please ask first. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, I delivered a Bronco to Louisiana. My friend Mark and I, we took one down. And the parking lot was so tight that uh, I disconnected the trailer with a Bronco on it. And then I parked my truck uh, at an angle in front of it so nobody could hook to the trailer and haul it away. So...
0: Yeah,
1: you just adapt and improvise and make things work. So sure,
0: I think we should probably also admit that you upgraded the truck a little bit so that we can easily haul Broncos. So what did you have and what have you switched to? Oh,
1: so I went to uh, I went to uh, I wouldn't say old school, but uh, I got rid of my 2017 F150, which I loved, and got a 2007 Mega Cab diesel, which. It was something I should have done a long time ago. Uh, diesels just perform so much better when pulling. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
0: it does feel kind of effortless when we're there. I forget that the trailer is behind us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a worthwhile upgrade. Yeah. Even if it's older, it's still, still an upgrade.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping that that diesel will pull an airstream sometime. I'm angling for an airstream. So uh, as a good deal, you can hit us up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it'll have a problem with that.
0: <laughs> Me neither. Although, how do we pull an Airstream and a Bronco?
1: Well, depending on what state you live in, that's totally legal. You just put a trailer hitch to an Airstream and then pull a trailer behind that.
0: I am more than willing to drive with one thing behind us, but I don't know that I could do two.
1: <laughs> well, I've never had to back anything up like that, but yeah. it can be done. Uh, when I lived in Arizona, you saw that all the time.
0: Yeah. You must need to warn people that you're changing lanes like miles ahead of time.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a learning curve with that. <laughs> uh, there would be for me.
0: Yeah. One thing about traveling with the Bronco that's been really fun taking it on these couple trips um, is the people that we get to meet because of it. So it definitely, even when we're driving it around locally, I feel like it's a conversation starter. Um, what have you noticed about that? And like, what kind of interesting people have you talked to?
1: Well, it, so I've learned it doesn't matter what your bronco looks like. It can be very, very rough, or it can be very nice. It doesn't matter. People people uh, comment on it. Say, like, "Oh, that's so nice." Or, Are you going to fix it up? You know what's what's the story behind it? What is the plan for it? That's basically what people want to know.
0: Yeah. We were stuck in traffic and someone started talking to us from the truck next to us and they were saying, oh, I got rid of one and I was, I'm so mad at myself. And before I knew it, knew it and stopped traffic, you were out giving him your business card and talking to him. So. Uh,
1: yeah, I could. Yeah. I mean, obviously you know me very well. I can talk vehicles all day long. But yeah.
0: You should have a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should.
0: <laughs> um yeah. I mean, anytime we go into a gas station and come out or whatever, there's people that have questions and um, it really is kind of fun. And I think any sort of vintage vehicle is a conversation starter. So you didn't get a chance to talk to this person yesterday, but you sent me a picture. You saw something pretty beautiful in a parking lot yesterday. What was it?
1: That was a 68 Chevelle Super Sport. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, flawless it was very very nice
0: uh, i think you dream of chevelles
1: uh so that's my other passion broncos and chevelles
0: yeah
1: most people don't mix those two it's like uh are you a tea drinker or are you a coffee drinker most people aren't the same yeah so yeah i love i mean i love a lot of different vehicles but that's that's my two favorite
0: i know i'm also uh thinking that we need a camaro to restore. Um, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly, would you do a Mustang before a Camaro? I bet you would.
1: Uh, depends on what year. Yeah. Yeah. Not all Camaros are equal. Not all Mustangs are equal. So it all depends on what year.
0: Sure. What's your ideal year?
1: Uh, well, for Mustang, it would be a fastback and probably a 66,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, um, 66 to, yeah probably 65 through 70 that's yeah that's that's probably it from mustang sorry sure. uh camaro uh a 70 and a half split bumper is my favorite camaro
0: yeah
1: and uh no, they're they're rare they're hard to find they're valuable expensive same thing yeah um i know you like the uh mid 80s early 90s IROC which were something very special It's time they're still special but uh, if we did one of those we would be upgrading the motor probably to a LT4 supercharged out of a Corvette or ZL1 Camaro
0: are you suggesting I like to drive fast
1: I've ridden with you yes I know you like to drive fast
0: I appreciate all years of vehicles I don't have the same Feeling where I want it to be, like an exact year. It sort of just depends on the vehicle, what's been done to it, the story behind it. Um, but there's so much that's exciting to see out on the road. We've seen people driving some really great things. Remember that red truck we saw when we I were? Was,
1: yes, I was going to bring that up, and you, you had no idea what it was. And it's it, it was a it was a '60s model D. I think it was a D200 four door four drive short bed. And I remember I visited this place when I was on, uh, I was in training in, uh, Washington, DC. I went and visited this showroom and they had an icon version of it. So icon is a very, uh, high end, uh, restoration place in California. They do Broncos. They do a few other vehicles, but, uh, I had asked them about it. I didn't realize what it was at the time. I just knew it was a four door sixties model Dodge short bed. And he had, I mean, there was a McLaren in there. There was a lot of high-end vehicles, 68 GT 500 KR. um, um, A a lot of high-end vehicles, some European, some early American. But uh, I remember he said, yeah, that's our most expensive vehicle we have here in the showroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an Icon Bronco there, too, which I, I knew what that was. And so that kind of ugly, kind of pretty uh, Dodge four door truck was six hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So,
0: yeah.
1: And then well, we passed one going down the interstate, pulling a some old camper.
0: I know, just not,
1: not an Airstream, but an yeah. Airstream.
0: <laughs> I didn't even see the camper. I was too distracted by how beautiful the truck was. Yeah. Um. So we have other trips planned, but we're probably not hauling this Bronco. This Bronco is for sale and is probably going to find an owner that's going to love it and take it places themselves. But in terms of uh, North Carolina and Tennessee, what was your favorite place to drive? We took it several places. We did some more rural drives. We did the Blue Ridge Parkway. We took it into downtown, which was kind of a cool experience in Asheville. What was your favorite place to drive it?
1: I would say... Just around the uh, Townsend area during uh, Super Celebration because I'd been there before, but I'd never, you know, I, I was never able to take my Bronco there. Yeah. And having it there for the first time and then having you fly in and driving around the Smoky Mountains, that was, that was probably my favorite.
0: Yeah. Super Celebration is such a blast. Uh, yeah. It'll be fun next year too, and we know that there's other ones in different places in the country, so we're thinking of attending those also. But I think at one point they said there were like eighteen hundred Broncos or something. Am I getting? Yeah, and I don't know if
1: that was physical Broncos or that was how many were registered. So I'm not sure. I heard twelve fifty. I heard eighteen hundred, but it was it was well over a thousand, regardless.
0: It was. And we met so many interesting people that had Broncos in all different conditions and points of restoration and loved hearing some of their stories and meeting them. So it was really great. We talked before about how the community of Bronco owners are just really helpful and how it brings people together. So we definitely saw that when we were in Tennessee and I appreciated that.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's the great thing about 99% of Bronco owners. It doesn't matter what condition it is, what engine. Uh, everybody supports everybody and encourages everyone. So it's, 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 it's a great community to be in.
0: Yeah. What are you most looking forward to right now in the work that we're doing at rumble?
1: Um, Probably. Well, probably starting another Bronco. I think we have the, uh, the color of it nailed down. Um, the deciding factor is, do we do a coyote? Do we do a, uh, high horsepower conventional pushrod motor? I don't know, but I'm probably leaning towards the coyote.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or I might do both. I don't don't know yet.
0: That's exciting. Well, you're going to have some room soon and be working a little bit on the C10. So,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, the C10, I'm, uh, uh, so I'm taking the Bronco, as you know, to Chicago and going to sell it up there. Uh, I'm going to pull the C10 in the garage and put all the new parts I have on it, uh, fix a couple little things, transmission lines leaking, but uh, nothing significant. It's uh, it's a very strong motor, uh, as you can attest to with uh, the burnout I did last weekend.
0: I just smoked us right out of there.
1: Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a, it was a nice screen in military terms. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, probably uh, probably put all the parts on that, get it mechanically where it needs to be, which, like I said, shouldn't take much. Uh, maybe drive it a little bit and then sell it and make room for more Broncos.
0: Yeah, someone's uh, really going to enjoy that truck. It is really something special. It is.
1: It is. It's. It's a nice truck. Great patina. Uh, which is very popular now, yeah. um, uh, uh, but I'm also saving and waiting. Uh, i got a special car in the works it's for sale. I just don't know when, uh, it's available. Yeah. It's mine when he goes to sell it, which is a 66, uh, super Sport Chevelle, which is my favorite, uh, of all the Chevelles 66, 70, then 67. Um, so that's going to be in our collection probably this year. And, uh, I'll probably restore that back to the original light yellow. I don't remember the correct, uh, name, but, uh, probably restore it back original, put the original 396 back in it. But, uh, that'll be fun to drive and restore.
0: Yeah. I, something tells me that'll be a keeper. Just-
1: uh, that will be a keeper. <laughs> I can attest to that. That's a keeper. <laughs> The only thing different I might do, I might put a vintage air system on it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, a daily driver when the weather's nice. But. Yeah.
0: So, our next big trip is out to California and coming from uh, the Midwest and the East. We will not be hauling a Bronco or bringing a vehicle with us, so... It would be kind of fun for us to try and find a place to rent a vintage vehicle for the day to drive Route 1. What would your ideal car be for us to drive down the California coast?
1: That's, I mean, it's probably a long shot, but maybe a vintage Porsche or a vintage Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be I love the old gold wing um, Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, we do. I highly doubt there would ever be one for rent.
0: I don't know. When we start talking to people, maybe someone will just let us drive it.
1: I mean, you never know. know oh, better yet, they could drive us around, in it?
0: Sure. I mean, yeah. I don't think we can get that fancy of an Uber, but it's worth a shot. You never know. If anybody has any recommendations for car rental places that do fun vehicles out in California, we're flying into San Francisco. So you can send us your recs. We'd appreciate it. I think that really covers what it's like to travel with a vehicle. We watch the weather a lot.
1: Uh, one, uh, One other thing I should mention when traveling with a vehicle, if you have an open trailer, which most people do, don't spend hours cleaning it and cleaning the windshield and waxing it and all that. Do that after you get to where you're going, because I learned that from Tennessee. I spent probably five, six hours cleaning and washing and waxing and buffing. Only to get there and have to do it all over again. Yeah. So
0: It looks good going down the road for
1: a little bit until it was covered with bugs. <laughs> covered with bugs. Yeah, bugs. Especially springtime. That's, that's tough. But yes. um, yeah, it was a learning experience. So if you haven't done it yet, just wait till you get to where you're going and then clean it there.
0: That's a good idea. We travel with all kinds of car cleaning supplies.
1: <laughs> yes. Necessities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all we have today. Thanks for listening to us talk about traveling with a vintage vehicle and some of our plans for the future. This has been the RumbleCast.